So guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, as the, as people know, it's Josh Wright and Chase Hewlett here, and you both know each other though. So this is this isn't new familiar territory for you. Like it's it's there. You guys know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Few few things in the works. A couple of things in the works. So yeah, Chase is amazing people like a brother to me we've worked together on a few things um so yeah this is def- definitely nothing nothing new um but always a blessing always a blessing to have you on chase i'm very excited same for me man i have like two brothers right here so even though i haven't met one of them i you know it's so <laughs> so nice to have a community where we can share film and talk about it and help each other you know move forward so it's 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 good to have yeah you guys back and kind of see how we're going to move forward and how we're going to grow in it and what we're going to be saying in our films rather than, you know, just showing, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to backtrack a little bit just to catch everybody up in case it's the first time that they're hearing Josh's voice or Chase's voice because they haven't tuned into the first podcast that I had you guys on. Um, so backtrack a little bit and tell us who you are and what you're doing currently. Okay. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm currently a film student at Full Sail University, but um, on the side, I like to do different short films and things like that. Um, a little bit about me. I'm a firm believer in Christ. Um, my faith is number one in everything that I do, but um, I feel I felt led to come to Full Sail and I'm, I'm at Full Sail pursuing my education in a film bachelor's degree, but I'm also doing, you know, different short films and things like that outside of school. Um, you know, just to grow the brand, just to grow my production company and everything like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I graduated from full sales with a master's in film production. And so I like to label myself as a freelance filmmaker at the moment. Um, not really getting paid for it, you know, right now, but I'm just trying to, you know, make short films that declare God's word in some way. And, um, I, I agree with Josh, but I'm a firm believer of Christ. You know, I, I try to hold that on my shoulders every day. And, you know, I try to think of real um, stories that I can show on the screen or something that can touch people's hearts in some way, whether it's um, through a difficult situation or a situation that is kind of unheard of. Um, and even questions that I've had about my faith or about what God is um trying to say in people's lives and hopefully on the screen people can kind of relate to that because when you're you know watching a film it's like you're kind of the third person you know you're looking at both sides of like the argument let's just say and you're kind of seeing everything and so i think if you you know put a difficult situation like sophie's choice for example you can kind of see reason behind why it went that way and so um i kind of like to display that and find a way to, you know, make people think, but at the same time, get some type of message about hope or, you know, salvation or something. So that's a little bit about me, I would say. Both Christians, both filmmakers, both of you guys went to Full Sail University. I want to talk a little bit about your, and I know we covered this a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about your campus life and what Full Sail brought to you. Now, Chase, obviously you moved on from Full Sail. And you're writing films, which we'll talk about later. And you have a new one in production getting ready to come up, which I'm super excited about. And Josh, you're currently still in the program. Again, you mentioned earlier uh, before we started rolling the cameras is you're going back for your master's. 
So Chase, I'm going to start with you. Take us through your full sale experience or your film school experience just in general and tell us a little bit about what advantages it had and what disadvantages it had. Well, definitely the disadvantage was I started right when COVID was a huge thing and where everything was getting shut down. In fact, I was supposed to move um, moved down there and I had to cancel twice and I moved down two months later than I planned and everything was online and it was really difficult to kind of get my toes into what full sale represented, which was, it was really hard. Um, and I think Josh can understand that whole getting, being online and not getting the, um, experience. But the one thing about film school, I would say that really helped me was just the connections that I made with, uh, roommates and friends who became you know colleagues and uh crew members for my films and me for theirs um i would say the best thing about full sale that i've experienced personally was just networking with people like how i met josh uh, i met josh through a, my editor actually his name was chris um he i met him through there and then you know that's kind of how you meet people you just have a friend that knows someone or you know someone who knows someone else and um so i would say networking at full sale was probably the best for me um because when you when you go to film school you pay you pay the money and you go to class and they tell you what to do and then you get your hands on equipment just a little bit and then you're kind of stuck after graduation to kind of figure it out on your own which is really difficult because this is it's really competitive, but at the same time, you know, the art side of the world is hard to get your feet in because you've got to know the right person. You've got to have the right person see your stuff. So I think, again, with networking, it really helped me kind of understand how to network and what I had to do um, to move forward in that and to kind of keep a list of people that I've met. I met this one guy, I've worked on his film and he just had a big list of people and what they could do. And I thought that was really interesting that he just had a whole bunch of people. And he's like, yeah, if I need like a boom operator, if I need a script soup, I have like, oh, I have four people that can do it. Let me call and see. And so I mentally started doing that. So I have a list of, you know, names and people that, that I can call to and it's really helped. So, um. Did I cover your question? I think I did. Yeah, you did. I talked Absolutely. My apologies. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Oh, no, you're I, good. You're good. And Josh, moving on to you, because there's, of course, you have, you're finishing one program, but you're moving into another. So tell us, no, nah, I don't, you can't really go over the disadvantages right now, unless there's like little pieces here and there, because you're still in it technically. Uh, yeah. So hopefully yeah. you can't speak too bad about the college or anything else. But uh, while yeah. you're there, what has been the most important thing that you've learned? So... It's a good question. The the I think for me the most important thing that I've learned from Full Sail, um, I mean people say it all the time. At this point, it can kind of seem like you know you're you're you know I'm beating a dead horse, but networking. You know what I'm saying? Networking is so important. And you know what I'm saying? I know I know Full Sail says that a lot, but I feel like that's not just a Full Sail quote. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that I feel like um, as filmmakers, as creatives, that we need to do. We have to learn how to talk to people professionally, how to present ourselves, you know, still be ourselves, you know what I'm saying, but be able to connect with different people because you never know who you meet. You know what I'm saying? You never know 
um, who you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? Like I could be talking to the next, you know what I'm saying? Steven Spielberg, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or um, Christopher Nolan, you know what I'm saying? Like I, you, you never know who's going to go into the industry and who's going to make it. You know what I'm saying? And I think the biggest thing for me is I'm a really big people person. You know what I'm saying? I love people. I love to be in a position where I can communicate to others to be able to get a crew together and a cast together. And um, I know for me, the most important thing that I've learned is to put people first, not networking. Because I feel like sometimes we can get into the position where we're so focused on networking um, where, you know, it's all network, network, network. And then we start to see people as, as targets, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me talk to that person because I can get something from them. Now there has to be a balance. You know what I'm saying? You can't like, Hey, I'm at full sale and I'm just here to make friends. You know, you, you still want to have some type of intentionality. Like, no, I need, I need to meet people and stay in contact with people that, you know what I'm saying? I, that can further the film industry, but Hey, I'm, I'm a believer before I'm a filmmaker. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a Christian before I am a director or an actor or a writer. So people come first, you know what I'm saying? To, so the biggest thing I've learned is, is, is balancing networking on a professional business term and remembering to develop relationships with people. You know what I'm saying? Chase is a perfect example. We, you know, first meeting him, at least for me, I felt as if my intention in meeting Chase was just, wow, this is a guy, he's a believer, a firm believer. He really knows his stuff. And he's also in the film industry and does really, really good work. So it's like, wow, let me connect with that person. Not from the intention of, oh, he's really talented. He's going to be famous one day. I got to get in contact with him so I can blow up, so I can uh, further my platform. It was just, it was genuine, just that's cool people. That That's a friend, you know what I'm saying, that I can talk to. And then from there, it so happened to turn into also a business working relationship. Um, so, you know, I, just, I try to remember situations like this and, and friendships that form like this, because um, in a way, I feel like God moves when we're intentional about talking to others, you know, when, when love is our motive, when our motives are right. So I think the biggest thing for me is just focusing on motives, the people first and, and Christianity first and then the people, you know what I'm saying? So just learning that balance is, is, is what I've taken the most from from Full Sail. And networking in person is is a little like is absolute probably the best thing you can do because you're meeting them face to face. But there's also that networking on socials. And this is full does full sale teach you guys to do that, to set up your reel, to set up your resume. Josh, I see you're going through with the uh, G guided productions. I wanted this did I say that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. So G guided productions. So I see that you're putting more content out there, your reels. Chase, I saw as soon as you graduated full sale, you were putting that kind of content on. And without social media, I wouldn't be connected to both of you guys today. So I, I, again, I'm very thankful for the outreach on social media and the networking. Um, Chase, how much has Full Sail, or just in general being outside of Full Sail, being a freelancer, told you that you had to go onto social media, that you had to go onto these places and show your talent, show your worth, basically, by putting together these reels? And how important is that to people that are leaving film school and wanting a job? I think it's very important. Um, I heard someone told me once that uh, social media is your billboard. It's the only way that you're going to be able to move ahead because nowadays everything is on like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Um, I chose Instagram more than any of the other ones because that was the very popular um, 
billboard, I'll call it, to get yourself out there. A lot of people view it, view that. And, um, and LinkedIn is really good for business. Like, but honestly, when it comes to like promoting yourself, you have to continue to do it, even if it's baby steps. Um, like I'm experiencing that right now, which is baby step, even though I have a film that's going to be in production, you know, this spring, I still am taking baby steps to get there. And at times I kind of beat myself down thinking about like, wow, I'm not really getting anywhere. But at the same time, I am. It's just not going at the speed that, you know, I would think because I am an ambitious filmmaker, just like you and Josh. And we all have ideas probably and plans on what we're going to film. But in the reality, we've got to continue to promote ourselves. So anyone listening or you guys that are trying to move ahead, um, just remember that every little work that you put towards a film, it, it's something. Even if you outline a script or you write a page or you finish a script or you call someone that will help you get a location or a prop or an actor or someone. I mean, even if you do that like once a day, like you are still moving forward. So don't be hard on yourself like I am. <laughs> um, because if you continue to work hard on something, you will eventually get there. You just have to keep moving forward with it. And that, and I've always heard that keep moving forward advice. And at times it has bugged me because it's something like, yeah, I know. Like, it's like, Hey, I'm sad. Okay. Didn't be happy. You're fine. And it's just kind of, you know, kind of grind your gears when you hear that type of advice, but it honestly is the advice you need to hear. Like when I've prayed to God about what do I do? Cause life hasn't fully worked out since I graduated. Not that life's going hard, but you know, you plan, Oh, you're going to graduate film school and you're going to get this cool film job and you're going to have a producer like one of your short films. And then, you know, X, Y, Z all the way to the top. And it just doesn't, work out that way and then you're sitting there wondering what did i do wrong and all that but um so i like i pray god about it like what do i do and the answer i got was keep moving forward and i'm like well duh <laughs> it's like it's like him answering joe like don't question me i know what i'm doing pretty much is what god told joe if you remember but um but really, it's on. Honestly, you've got to have your billboard. You've got to have your website, which is what Full Sail did. They have a business of film class at the end of the masters, which Josh is probably going to go through in the future. And they talk about your EPK for your short film, your thesis, and they talk about getting your resume going. They talk about getting your website going, and they also like put you in the spot in class and do a fake interview. And the teacher, who's Peter Gordon who's amazing, uh, puts you in the spot and kind of makes you fail. But you have to fail because, like he said, I want you to fail here so you don't fail out there. So um, just keep working on that billboard and um, don't give up on that. Josh, how important is marketing on your end for yourself and your production company, not only leaving the bachelor's program, but going into the master's? And is Full Sail pushing that upon you right now? To say, get it, get it, get it? Or is this more you taking initiative and saying, hey, I need to do this for myself? Yeah. So, um, Full Sail, it's a very, at least I can only speak for my degree program because I'm, I'm in film bachelors. You know what I'm saying? And film bachelors is 
different than the masters i would just say if if i had from things that i've heard from working with chase and from my personal experience um which hasn't been bad um if i had the choice if i could go back in time i would take the film masters instead of the film bachelors because film bachelors is more on the production side which is good but they, they don't teach much on market you know i haven't learned that yet um but at least for me, as far as how important marketing is right now, it's crazy that you ask that because that's what I'm focusing on right now. You know what I'm saying? It's how to market and get your films out there. My dad always says it. You can have the greatest movie in the world, but if no one sees it, then what's the point? You know what I'm saying? And I know, I know for me, like I'm just trying to work more on staying on socials, even though I'm not a social person, but using it to promote the business, to promote the short films, to post, you know, get more reels out there. I, I, I'm going to start doing probably more Instagram lives just because it's like just building a platform, you know what I'm saying? And getting more people to the social link because social media is, is a golden age platform that is literally, it, it can boost and accelerate your career. It's more than just TikToks and silly dances and, you know, all of that stuff. But it's like, um, it's a way for you to further your platform. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you may have to do some goofy stuff, maybe put out some TikToks or do some, obviously not sinful things, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like crazy stuff on a live or something like that, because you, you need to attract that audience. So at least for me, me personally, and, and G Guided Productions, it's extremely Im imperative right now. I'm, I'm focusing on reaching out to a few production companies, hitting a few people up, um, just trying to get a short film, just, just sending my short films out there. I'm, I'm planning to do more with 2020 and have a stronger marketing strategy for this upcoming short film that I'm working on. Um, and um, that, that's the goal. But the biggest thing is crazy. I was just praying about this today, you know, literally just kind of doing a little prayer in my mind, literally as this, this episode is going on, man, it's just like to not get caught up in the numbers. You know what I'm saying? To not get caught up how many people are following you, the big interviews, this and that, you know what I'm saying? And all of these things that are going on to not get caught up because the truth is, you know, the numbers don't matter. You know what I'm saying? As much as they matter in our industry and, and from a faith perspective, from a believer's perspective, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I can only speak for myself and I'm, I'm sure, you know, you and, and, and Chase can relate this to as believers is that like, you know what I'm saying? God didn't call us to be rich. God didn't call us to be famous. God didn't call us to be successful, even though it's not bad to have those things and we will have those things, but he called us for a specific purpose. You know, he was literally just telling me, man, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, Josh, you are mine before you are a filmmaker. You are a believer before you are a director. You know what I'm saying? You are a people person and, and an ambassador for Christ before you're a writer. Your career is secondary. It's only the purpose that I've given you. But I am the person that you should run to. That's that's God talking to me. And and it, it just it's just a humbling, you know, thing to to not get caught up because I I just feel like what I'm about to say has absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm I'm such an imperfect, flawed person that's made so many mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm at full sale pursuing a film degree, all of these blessings have nothing to do with me. It's, it's all God. But I just feel like the purpose that he has for me in the film industry um, will reach a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? But in that, I always pray like, you know, 
God, like, I don't want to get caught up in the numbers. I don't want to get caught up in how many people, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a million plus or five, you know what I'm saying? I don't want it to sway because, um, you know, he's just revealed to me in the past that I, I have a pride problem. You know what I'm saying? He's delivered me from it, but it, it's still something that I got to kill, you know, daily. And it's just, we're in an industry where it's so fast. It's so self-absorbed. It's so self-promotion. And I was just reading something in um, 1 Thessalonians 4.11, where God is literally like, pursue, pursue and strive to live a quiet life. You know what I'm saying? And I realized I've been thinking these past few days, I haven't really been doing that. I've kind of been getting just a little too caught up in a few things, not bad things, but just things that I know that, um, that I shouldn't, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm just, in terms of marketing, because I kind of went on a whole spiel there, but in terms of like marketing and stuff, um, I think it's very important, you know, as from a G got it production standpoint, you know, and I'm sure you guys can relate to, to just pushing your brand out there because as filmmakers, you know, it's hard, but it's easiest for us to make a film. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right now, I'm not reaching out to people because I need help in the production process. The Bachelors has prepared me for that. I am blessed enough to have several, 20 different contacts. If I need a, a boom operator, you know, just like Chase was saying, like all of these people that I could reach out to. But as filmmakers, like, at least for me as a filmmaker, the part I struggle in the most is marketing, getting your brand out there. And that's what I'm trying to focus on the, on the most, in addition to staying balanced and not getting caught up and the successes and the numbers and stuff. I mean, but Josh, if you think about it, you are marketing right now. Like the fact that you're talking about G-Guided Productions and you're talking to Donnie and myself, I mean, this is marketing because not just us are going to see this, like other people are going to see this. And so keeping that connections and continuing to um, support each other and I can share something that you post on Instagram, like for that example, that's, that's kind of marketing if you think about it um kind of helping each other out so though you are having trouble with marketing because it's newer you are doing the steps that you're supposed to as a filmmaker and i applaud you for that it's really good and people like donnie and other uh folks who have podcasts or interviews or you know can share content are the people that are really good to know because they can help um Maybe not move your film forward, but get people to see that you're doing something. And that's the important thing. So Absolutely. I applaud you, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I, pre- I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and there's one area too, and this, this relates, this is how kind of when you're a kid, you don't really recognize what things are. I remember when I was in like, uh, um, oh, what's that? Sunday, Sunday school. I think you guys have gone to Sunday school. I'm assuming they call it the same thing. Um, but before church would start, you know, as a little kid, we always, there was one verse that, or one parable that always stuck with me. It was a parable of the three people with talents and two of them went out and shared their talents and the third one hid their talent. And then God asked them about what about the talents? Well, as a kid, honestly, I thought talent was some sort of like Euro or some sort of like money. And I'm over here like, well, it sounds good to save your money, not blow it. Because I know there's other things in the Bible where it talks about not going out and like blowing money or, or just like doing anything for the good of the world more so. So I kind of got in debate with the Sunday school teacher at that point. But then as you understand what talent is, and it's actually like talent, talent, not like, you know, what I thought it was, you know, then it relates back to these situations like Josh was saying. It's like, this is what we're doing right now. Our first mindset should be, is it praising God? Is it praising the Lord? Are we showing all his values, morals, and everything the book tells us, you know? So, and then the other part is like, again, just talent. Like, 
are we doing what we can do the best? And are we sharing it to the people of the world to try to preach and try to share? And just even if it's not, and I know I don't like to go super, super religious on this show, but I will say this, as long as you're putting out good quality content, when it has good morals, good values or whatever, that's how you kind of get people to understand the word of God. I always go back to the reference of one plant, one waters, one watches it grow. You know, there's going to be somebody in your life where somebody's going to plant that seed. Um, and I don't know what it is for each of you. Maybe that's something that I could pick your brain about and say, who was the one that planted the seed in your life? Who was the one that watered it? And who was the one that watched it grow? And I think, I think that relates to all different areas of life, but I kind of re- put that in the film perspective. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say, um, and I know I kind of, you know, let's just go into picking brain. Is there somebody that um, really influenced you at first or like that planted not only the word of God, but whatever your career was as well? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it depends on which side you're looking at. If you're looking at just film or faith or both. You can do both. I mean, you got, if you got one for one side and one for the other, go ahead and say both. Um, well, I have to say one of my big influences when it comes to film is Steven Spielberg. When I was a kid, all of his films were just, he, if you look at his span of films that he's made, he's gone into every genre besides horror, but he's gone to pretty much every genre and has made films, not just for like a certain audience, but for everyone. I mean, he went from Jurassic Park he, to uh, Munich which was a little bit more for adults. And then he went to like Ready Player One, which is more sci-fi. And then this year he came up with uh, West Side Story, the remake, which was amazing. And that was one of his favorite films he ever made. Um, well, it's one of his favorite films, you know, as a child. So um, when I was, a, and, and, and kind of seeing his, uh, how he grew um, from what I've read, he was just a coffee boy for, the bigger producers and then now he's you know up there in the best director category i would say um so for film wise i would say definitely spielberg has to be up there and scorsese i have to mention that and tarantino i can do this all legends (laughs) but um i guess i've always had um i guess i could say i've always had this idea that god was with me, even if I didn't believe it or feel it. Um, but my pastor back in my small town, Montana, um, at the Lutheran church, he was a very down the earth pastor and he was different from everyone else. Like I've gone to many churches that the pastor kind of flaunted their feathers, as I can say, um, and kind of stood at a higher point. And I kind of always looked down at that because I felt that you were pushing people down and just hurting them. And I always thought, is this what Christianity is about? It's just like being hopeless and not having that, um, having the goal to be able to move forward. And I thought that was really awful to do, but this pastor, his name is Pastor Iverson. He was so down to earth. He would talk to me like I was equal. Like he would never like say he's better than me or anything. He would, and he liked movies too. So we'd always talk about movies and he'd always find a way to connect a movie to like the Bible or help me figure out a situation. And so um, he kind of helped me learn how to 
read the Bible and how to look at it and um, how to move forward with that. And that's because he's just so down to earth. And so what I've learned with Christianity is to not be that, as people call Bible dumper, um, and but to live it. Like that was his, one of his main lessons that he told me is at the end of the day, just live, have Christ in your heart and live it. Don't, don't show it off. Don't, don't wear a big shirt that says Jesus loves me. And you know, which that stuff isn't bad, but he's like, just be kind of subtle with it because um, you can touch people, you know, within without even saying the name Jesus, like you can, it's just how you approach, you know, being that light and living that. And you got to make sure that you're under control and that you are able to understand yourself and focus on yourself. Because if you're not, how can you help anyone else if you can't help yourself? And for a lot of years, I couldn't help myself. I didn't want to. I always kind of wanted to avoid me because I never wanted to have to deal with what I do. And I was like, I'm not helpable pretty much, but um, so that's the big influence for me. And I have a lot of respect for pastor Iverson and um, he's done incredible things. And he's just a small town pastor. He, does, he goes to two different churches and um, he does everything for everyone and drives a beat up old truck. And like you said, he's like, you don't expect him to be that type of person. But when you get to talk to him, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a very knowledgeable man and someone that I definitely needed. So um, but I'm sure Josh has, you know, someone in his life that has brought him up. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, first, I love what you said, man, about just, you know, as as believers, um, I feel like you know, and I'm just going to touch on this. And, and, you know, I, I just, I just feel like we're, we're at a place where there has to be a balance. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, there has to be a balance to where we are still, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're, we're gentle. You know what I'm saying? We're doing things out of love. We're correcting people out of love. You know, we're listening. We're not these people on these high horses, these high hats who are better than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we're still being, bold about our faith you know what i'm saying um bold about saying jesus bold about you know ministering to others um and and you know not in the way where you know like you said bible dumping we're just beating people over the head with the bible but in a way where we're still ministering you know what i'm saying but it's out of love that's the key and i know for me love like it's interesting donnie because you you just i i personally i don't have anyone in my life that has propelled me into the film industry or that inspired me to go into the film industry. Um, but I mean, my mom and my dad, I can't, I, I can't go. I can't, there's not enough words to just describe how much of a blessing they are in my life and that they've been in my life. And they enrooted the word of God in me and just, you know, growing up in a, in a Christian household, not a perfect household, but a Christian household who loves God. You know, that's one thing that's never wavered growing up, bro, is just the belief and, and the talk about God, bro. That's the most, that's the biggest gift that they've ever given me. Uh, so many more things that they've given me, so many more things I can list off. The only reason I'm here is number one, because of God, but number two, because of how God has used them, you know what I'm saying, to put me in the position that I'm in today. And I can't, 
I just can't thank them enough. But um, I would say the point of inspiration where I realized, I feel like I was always, I would, I always wanted to be in the film. I don't know. Well, I know why now, but I didn't know why back then. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was five years old, one of the first films I saw was Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. Very brutal. Yeah, man. Very brutal. Very. One of the first ones. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Weird. I was five years old. I would be looking at that thing like it was like Superman. You know what I'm saying? I just it didn't it didn't affect me. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know who let me watch that movie. Probably my mom. But like seeing that movie, man, it just that's when I realized, you know, at that young age, acting is what I wanted to do. And I wanted to represent Jesus. It, that was the moment. Seeing that movie was the moment where I realized that my faith and my passion were connected. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, I started to act. I would act like I was Jesus. And I would pretend have my mom nail me to the cross and then, you know, bury me in a, in a tomb with pillows and stuff like that. And then from there, I started to make videos of my toys. And then high school came around. I started to get involved with, with film in high school. Full sale. You know what I'm saying? And then... 2020 and then all of these different things that just happened and that are continuing to happen um because of the passion that god put in me so you know to answer your question definitely have had people that have inspired me in the faith you know my, my mom and my dad and my family but as far as film i just feel like it's something that's always been there and the faith just made that passion stronger i agree just- I, I i really agree with that josh i um it's also, I think, films. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Johnny, but I think films that we grew up with probably have an inspiration as well. Yeah, like you're bringing up your first movies. All one of my first first movies I saw that was rated R was Gladiator. And, Shoot, and yeah. the scene where um, he has it, he's walking through that field, and his hand is touching like the the grass. Like I think those like small scenes like that kind of, you know carry on with you throughout your childhood and through until it kind of inspires you to create something or um, some just little moments like that, I think really helped too. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. It sticks with you. It sticks with you. I just want to take a moment and say that Josh found his passion in the passion of the Christ. I thought that was just, I don't know. I was just more amazed at that, that you got it straight from the title. You found your passion in the passion. Passionate. Literally, literally. Man. <laughs> um, now, you guys have worked with each other before, obviously. How many films have you guys worked or how many sets have you guys been on? We've been on, um, we've been on three, I think. I thought it was four. <laughs> four. Okay, so wait, hold on. So we had... Um, um, we had Chris's film. We had... That- the first one was I was the, the uh, jersey. Give me my jersey back, which is great. Absolutely is loved it. Freaking hilarious. And then um, tender flower. I know that tender flower. Yeah, tender flowers on there. Um, there's something else. There was another one. Oh, first day on the job, Chris again. Yeah, I was a part of that, but I was not actually on production. But I was a part of that um, whole thing. I know Chris involved me with. A certain role i don't quite remember what role he gave me but i was hoping there on set i could have i thought I okay, no. okay i would have okay. you know i would have walked to florida to be on that set but um and then this upcoming one 
Okay, so it's four, including this upcoming. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so four. four He's so jumping four. ahead. He's hoping you don't bail right away. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but being with being on set with each other, and Josh, I know you direct as well as act, and Chase is obviously directed. Do you guys have similar styles, or do you guys find yourself like um, with different mentalities when you go into direct your films? Interesting. I, I'll just say this, and then Chase, he can. I, I know you you have an opinion on this too. I, I've talking with Chase. We both have. I, we definitely both have a similar type of writing style in terms of the, the dark stuff. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. Like um, this upcoming film, I'm not going to get into it too much, but like it's. It's it's pretty rough, you know what I'm saying. It's one of those things where it, it leaves you thinking at the end, you know what I'm saying. And and Chase has shared a few things with me where I'm just like, Dad, man, I thought I was a dark writer, like, but there's a point to it, you know what I'm saying. There's definitely a point to it, but some of the stuff he shared with me is like, get got me at home praying before I go to sleep, like, yo, but there's there's something behind that, you know what I'm saying. There's always with Chase's films, there's always a deep meaning you know what i'm saying there's more to it than just what you see you got to read in between the lines and i love films like that i love films where you have to watch it a second time like whoa like that's what that meant or oh why did this character say every single line every single blocking every single movement and chase means something you know what i'm saying and, and my style um I, 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 for me, I'm really big on themes. What's the point of this story? You know what I'm saying? What is the point that, that I'm trying to get across? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, with 2020, the idea that all sin is the same, this upcoming project is, is going to be about forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? The worst possible person that can be forgiven, you know, if they just accept Jesus and, and turn to God and everything. And I just feel like we definitely have those similar styles in terms of what's the point getting that theme out there and using I wouldn't say mature because that sounds inappropriate, but you know what I'm saying? Like using, using um, those mo the most impactful ways to get to those points. So I, I think that we definitely have that, that similarity in our, uh, in our styles. I agree. I think the one difference we have is that I think I'm more stubborn when it comes to it than you, because I want my audience to kind of suffer a little bit while I think that you are okay giving them that answer in a way because you want that message to be delivered and right. i'm like well what happened who knows figure it out <laughs> I, I know for this for this upcoming project um how do i say this so like for this upcoming project um it's like we were talking about a specific point in the movie and i'm trying not to say because i don't want to spoil anything but we're trying to talk about a specific point in the movie and as an actor, I'm reading that and I'm like, there's something, I need to talk to him about this. And it's funny because Chase wouldn't give me a direct answer, you know, and I obviously I figured it out, you know what I'm saying? But, but he was, he kept asking me questions and I was like, oh, so this, that, and that connect. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I, I, I uh, and you know, I, I would say I kind of do that with my films in terms of like stringing it along, but not, not like that. I, I like, I love films with when the ending is 
in the way where people are wondering, you know what I'm saying? Not, not scratching their heads in terms of, okay, I'm confused. What did I just see in terms of no, like there was something to that. What does that mean? Type thing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love that. I, I love that. No, I actually, the bond that you two have from being at full sale university, you know, obviously I went to Bloomsburg university. Yeah. I've made some good um, partners, teammates and uh, people that I can reach out to in the field, but you know, you guys are on set with each other. You guys have worked on multiple projects with each other. You know, you guys have a competitive thing going on. Um, at least let me ask if it is competitive, first of all, because like I kind of like to envision different artists and creators, kind of like the Stallone Schwarzenegger debate. Like every time uh, Stallone put out a film that was like hardcore action, Schwarzenegger was like, dang, I got to one up it. You know, so the question the question is, because I know you were talking about being a dark writer. You're like, dang, I thought I was a dark writer. And then here's Chase. I was like, does that make you want to write a little bit darker? Like every time you see Chase's production and then every time, like, does it influence yours and say, hey, I got to beat him somehow? Like, is it is it a good so, competitive balance? So it's that's interesting. Um, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's competitive just because, like, I don't know. I've never I've never really um, I've never really I've never really competed, you know, with anyone before. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't have any intention for me when I see other work, you know what I'm saying? It's just more of a, wow, I, I want to be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? I want to help that vision. I want to bring that to life because that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, this is, this may be kind of strange, but like when I see films, you know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily take inspiration from them in terms of, Oh, let me try to use that same type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Because um, for me, it, it never works with me like that. Like some people can take inspiration, but I feel like if, cause I've tried in the past to take inspiration from someone, someone's work. And then I try to make, and then it just doesn't, I don't do it right. You know what I'm saying? Because um, uh, my dad always says this, you know, when God gives someone a vision, they gave them the vision. They didn't give you the vision or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So um, I wouldn't say that there's any like competition or anything like that. At least like, I just, I just want to be a part. That's the biggest thing for me is just wanting to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like if Chase has something to come on, it's like, yo, like I'll do anything, man. I'll act. I'll be a part of the crew. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I can do to just help bring the, the vision to life. Because, and when I say like, you know, that's dark. I thought I was, it's more like, yo, like I didn't even know anyone. Cause for me, I don't feel like I, I'm a writer, but everything that I've ever written has always been from God. You know what I'm saying? A hundred and ten percent. And I'm not saying that to sound spooky, you know what I'm saying? But as, as a believer, genuinely, like I've written things where it's like, I'll look back at it. There's no way I can ever write something like that. Like this just, it's just not, it's not, it's not me. You know what I'm saying? I am not that talented. You know what I'm saying? It's just, the way that God works, you know what I'm saying? Through people. And, and I'm just so grateful for that, but um, no, no, no competition, no competition for sure. All, all, all just, just friend, just helping, you know what I'm saying? Just wanting to be a part for sure. I don't know that no competition thing. It sounds like that Chase doesn't have any competition against him. It's like, Oh, I'm not worried about it. No, but, <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, like before I let you answer, Chase, I guess when I say competition, there's things like friendly competition is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like actually like, hey, I need to beat them. It's more like, hey, do you get influenced and inspired? I know you said like not you not influenced or inspired, but do you get motivated every time that you see 
somebody at Full Sail or somebody that you see graduate or one of your buddies, like every time they make a new production, and it's been a while since you put out a production, do you get like the itch? Like, does that inspire you at all? Are you talking to me? Well, whoever, but yeah, you just real, real quick. Oh, okay. So for, for me, um, yeah, like I've, to, I've to kind of play along with that, like, yeah. I just want to say, does it give you an itch? Like that's not considered a competition, but like I consider it a competition. Yeah, absolutely. De- definitely. Yeah. I, I, I get, I, I pretty much get the itch all the time, man. Honestly, like I know, um, when 2020 came out, um, that was, uh, God just moved through that and how the release of that production went and everything like that. But as soon as 2020 came out, I felt like everything just kind of went up. You know what I'm saying? Like just busy on set constantly, all of these different things, attacks from the enemy, all of these different things that came in, you know what I'm saying? Good things and bad things. But I was just, excuse me, I was so busy with so many different things. I just didn't have the headspace. I wasn't in the position to, to do another one. But in that time from August, I would say up until like uh, December, I didn't, I didn't put out any content. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's interesting because I always compare the film industry to the music industry as an artist, as a, as a rapper or, or a country singer or an artist, a musical artist. They can drop a song in a day. You know what I'm saying? Or think about it or drop an album. You know what I'm saying? But as filmmakers, we drop a film. It takes so long, you know what I'm saying, to get it out and then take a break. And then you do another one and everything like that. But as I was releasing films uh, or after 2020 came out, I, I was some other people who were working before 2020 came out with their stuff. And I was looking like, yo, like that looks so good. You know what I'm saying? I, I need to jump on something. I need to, I got to jump on something. So yeah, I definitely get that itch, man. I always get that itch. Okay, Chase, now it's your time to answer all those like 5,000 questions I just threw at Josh, but you're getting it <laughs> once. So do you, first of all, friendly competition, do you have any between you or, or Josh or anybody else? And second of all, um, do you get the itch as well? I have to agree with Josh on there's no competition between him and I or really anyone. Um, everyone that I'm involved with um, is just, you know, that friendly competition, I guess you could call it, but it's more just trying to, you know, be support, help them out. Like I haven't been on, um, like I wasn't on 2020 production or on this uh, new production of his, I would have loved to, um, but it's honestly just, I just have love and support for Josh for, uh, or any of my colleagues, um, even you, that uh, anything that you get out, that's just more support and love coming from me. Um, but I always have the itch. I really do. Like, because uh, I work two jobs and at those jobs, I just sit there and think of what I could do. What film can I make? And um, how difficult can I make it on me? Because I always want to like, I always want to put something in my next film that's a little bit more difficult, like this upcoming film basing it in the 1930s so that's difficult <laughs> as i've uh, experienced um but every new idea i have i kind of want to do something that's like okay how can i do this i'll find a way um but yeah i always have the ish whether it's you know josh coming out with something or um you donnie having you know your page out you know it's not so much like um I guess competition, I guess it's just, it is kind of inspiring in a way to see that your colleagues can do it. And if they can do it, you can do it. But I also get, sometimes I get inspiration from just seeing movies that are coming out 
that are that look horrible. So that, that does look horrible. And I'm gonna I have an example. Um, and it's a horror movie, but I just saw the trailer the other day, and it's for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is it looks awful, absolutely awful, because they're ripping off the Halloween. And I don't know if you guys have seen those movies, but pretty much it's like 40 years later, the kill is back, and the original survival from the original movie is fighting them, and they're doing the same thing. And so they're kind of ripping off a big franchise. And you would think in your head, like, um, people won't like that. You shouldn't do that. But they're doing it. So me thinking, if someone can do that, I can come up with my idea in film. <laughs> It's like watching like a Sharknado movie. Like if that horrible movie can get five films, five or six, I can make one film about X, Y, Z. So uh, I just I, referenced I'll, that I'll film it. today too. Oh my, I referenced Sharknado today <laughs> as well. Listen, Sharknado will forever have the best sequel title. Sharknado 2, the second one. You can't beat it. Okay. No, no. You can't beat that. <laughs> best title around. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that next. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know you said that you get inspired by films that come out. Are you looking forward to the Oscars this year? Yes, absolutely. Because I just want to see West Side Story win almost everything. Yeah. And you watch know, that film. You guys have to watch that film. I'm just saying. I, know. I, I was just about to say, man, I need to watch that film, man. I need to see that movie. I need to. I, is it? I'm assuming it's still out in theaters, but um, yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I need to start, but in the past, I haven't really caught up on the Oscars. I've seen clips, but I don't think I've ever watched the Oscars live. You know what I'm saying? All the way through. Um, uh, it's definitely something that I, I look to, to check out this year. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like as a filmmaker, it's just something, it's just one of those things that's good to know. And I, I know for me, um, I know just I know I said it earlier, but, you know, just just focusing on just at least for me, you know what I'm saying? I just I never want to get caught up in 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 awards, you know what I'm saying? And getting caught up in in the money of things. And, and you know, because um, I just know for me, man, I my I'm just all over the place just in general. God is he keeps me together. But. It's just, I was doing some research and I was like, yeah, I got to get these numbers. You know what I'm saying? And reach out to as many production companies because 2020, you got to get this much. And I got to take chances here. And I mean, it's just like, but my motives were like, okay, you're focusing on the numbers. It's not about the numbers. It's about the calling and what's the purpose. You know what I'm saying? Sure, your movie hits a million people, but is the message of the movie is the purpose to hit a million people so you can be recognized. So you can be, you know what I'm saying? In the position of fame, or is it to change someone's life forever? You know what I'm saying? Changing someone's life versus getting a moment, you know what I'm saying? On, on a, on a platform. And I'm not speaking against, you know, the Oscars or, or recognition or anything as filmmakers, you know, when we make it, that's what happens, you know, that's automatic. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so hard to keep that humble mindset. And I just, I just pray every day that God just continues to humble me. You know what I'm saying? If that's where he wants to take me to keep me just so humble, you know what I'm saying? And not, and not caught up in all of those things. Cause he, he was, he was telling me, he was like, he was just showing me some things. He's just like, listen, Mike, if you, you want all these numbers and you want all of this recognition, 
okay, and then what? What's the purpose of you getting recognition? And I just sat there for when I was like, so, okay, you get all of these people that know you, you, you get all of the, the, these awards, these accolades, that's what you're focused on? You know what I'm saying? And, and I know some people may watch this and be like, well, I mean, it's easy to say that for someone that has never had the accolades and someone that's never had the big platform. And it's so easy to talk against those things when you don't have it. But I just want to make the habit that my conversations in the way that I talk now, the way that I am now, doesn't change when I get a platform. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to switch up, you know what I'm saying? Or praise God more, you know what I'm saying? Or be more intentional or be less intentional or praise God less and act different all because I got a few bucks, you know what I'm saying? Or, a, or an award or an Oscar. It's just, I, I, um, so I, I know for me, I always, when I watch the Oscars or I always want to make sure that I'm watching it with the intention of not seeking that, you know what I'm saying? But just staying where I am and just seeking him a hundred percent. Well, there was a thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, I'll make a quick statement. So back in high school, I think it's even in my senior yearbook and that's even more terrifying. Um, but there's a quote that I used that was like explaining on one of the pages, like, well, I'll win an Oscar one of these days or something like that when I graduate and stuff like that. Like that was the goal of like a high school mindset. And I don't know if it's called maturing or just growing up and seeing, because like, I'm not so, I used to be somebody that like, yeah, you can idolize actors and be like, oh, this is my favorite actor. And I would like almost fanboy over like Hugh Jackman or somebody like that because Wolverine is my favorite character. But then you like, as you mature and grow up, it's like, man, you know, he's struggling with the same problems I'm struggling with now. Obviously it's different financially, obviously not, not those struggles, but like, you know, we all go through depression. We all go through our ups and downs. We all, we all make friends. We all lose friends. We eventually lose loved ones and we make loved ones you know, and going through all this. And I used to look at the awards like, yeah, I want to be on that stage. But there's just something about growing up. And it's like, you know, to Josh's point, why do we really seek that? Some people can never get off the mindset, you know, that that's all they want. That's all they want. They just want the riches, the fame, and the glory. And I'm over here, like, not to not to use necessarily the real steel reference. You guys are watch real steel with Hugh Jackman, obviously. Uh, but you know, so in the end, spoiler alert, uh, his robot doesn't win when they're robot boxing, but the kid takes the mic and he's like, but we're the people's champ. And they're like, yeah, you know, and this stuff like that. It's like, I'd rather be known for my legacy as somebody that the audience loved that really didn't get awards because the audience and the people that are watching it, as long as they love it. And I understand like not everybody's going to love it, but as long as the audience loves it and I love it and everybody else around me can like appreciate it. That's all I really ask for. And I don't know, maybe that's a terrible mindset to have because maybe it doesn't push me to the next level, but that's kind of where I stand on that. Um, Chase, go ahead. I actually agree with you. I, I, um, Cause I think I had that same thing in my high school. Uh, your book is something about winning an Oscar, but when you grow up, you kind of just, it's not about that. You know, it's kind of like when you're under 21 and you just want to drink, drink, drink. And then when you turn 21, you don't really want to do that anymore though you're legal to do it. It's just, it's kind of that same idea. Um, but um, I was going to say that uh, with the Oscars, I don't, I don't typically watch the whole thing, but I will have a film or an actor or a director in mind that I kind of want to win. And like the one year I wanted 1917 to win the best picture and it didn't. And I was like, oh, um, but I also get worked up on old, 
Oscar award shows back in like, cause I'm a big golden age. Uh, and like when Humphrey Bogart didn't win it for Casablanca, I was like, oh, but I knew he wasn't going to win it. So I just like, okay, it's like watching a football on rerun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but watching the Oscars back then, I think is more interesting because it was just a different world. Like Marlon Brando, when he won his Oscar, literally ran to go get it. Like he got out of his seat and just ran up to that stage. And I was like, man, if I win an Oscar, I am running to it just because I haven't seen anyone else do that in like at any other award show. So <laughs> it's just stuff like that that I find fun. It's unusual though. I mean, it, wouldn't it be natural to run to your reward or something like that? Like that, I think that's cool. I, I'm surprised more people don't do that. Like that's kind of. Which is funny because Marlon Brando didn't really have respect for the Oscars. Like he won the Oscar for On the Waterfront and he used it as a doorstop. And like he never like made it look pretty and put it on a shelf and he didn't even accept his award for godfather which i'm being nerdy right now but it's just i just find that so funny but um but yeah it's kind of about i i was thinking about the song that i was listening to uh, by glenn campbell called country boy and it's about you know the the chorus goes country boy you got your feet in la but your mind's on tennessee I remember a time when I sang my songs for free. That's the chorus line. And it kind of made me think about like, you know, we all just dream about this luxury life or dream about the awards we're getting like drowning in awards. But at the end, like, who are you? Like, is this who you really are? And so like Glenn Campbell was pretty much saying LA is great, but you know, I remember when what I was doing, I was doing it for free and it was just for fun and I just loved music. And now I'm getting paid for it and everyone wants my number because I'm, you know, getting to the top. And he's like, is this what life is about or is life about finding what you love to do, trying to make a living at it and being comfortable with your own heart? And every time I hear that song, I just think of I just think of my journey like. I got to remember that it's not about getting to the top. It's about maybe climbing towards the top, but looking at the view around you. I take away. Well, it's very Christopher Nolan-ish too, because Christopher Nolan, you think of Christopher Nolan as, he doesn't just accept any film. Like, I'm surprised that he even did the Batman trilogy, but like he kicked butt in the Batman trilogy, which I'm also, I'm also excited to see the Batman, by the way. Um, yeah. but one of those things, like every passion project, it seems like all his films are passion projects. You know, and but he 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 just takes it above and beyond. And I would say, yeah, it's a different. It was a different day and age back then because Spielberg still does it. He does his passion projects. He doesn't really do too much for the money. He actually pulls a lot of his name out now. He's like executive producer of like Jurassic World and and like the sequel to Jaws. But he doesn't like be hand. He's not really hands on. He's not really a sequel type person. You know, other like the directing aspect. Now producing is a different story. But like he goes on to the next project, the next project that he really finds passion. Meanwhile, I think you and. I might be putting this guy in the wrong area, but more like a Michael Bay. Michael Bay just seems to accept anything that has to do with like action and flashy. That's going to make big box office money because that's him. Um, oh. But it, but it seems like there's more directors like that. Like JJ Abrams is kind of the Michael Bay. Um, and, and I respect JJ. I love JJ. I don't love what he did with star Wars, but I love JJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. You should have left that alone. <laughs> you should never keep back. <laughs> <laughs> what what let, let's talk about a about a bad marketing decision let's talk about the whole star wars franchise like the last <laughs> disney three movies um with, and okay since we're on this topic 
would you guys ever, okay, when you guys write a film or like a series, would you guys write out the whole outline? And if you're going to hand it off, wouldn't you hand it off with the idea of, hey, this is where I was going with it to the next writer? There'd be some sort of communication, right? I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, there, there wasn't in that. So let's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That Star Wars series. I, I love Star Wars. I can't help it. But the thing that made me laugh the most about The Force Awakens when it came out is that they were looking for a small piece of the map. And R2-D2 is my favorite character. And at the end, R2-D2 is like, oh, here's 95% of the map. So R2-D2 doing nothing in that film but sleeping, woke up, handed them the rest of the map, and went back <laughs> to sleep. I was like, you know, R2, that, that movie proved to me that R2 is still a badass. <laughs> Just saying. They did yeah. R2 dirty. They did Chewie dirty. And also... I still sometimes, and this is just now, I can't rewatch The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson, the major, absolutely ruined that film. I mean, I can't. With the character Luke, I'm sorry, guys. I don't care if this is a spoiler. It's been out for like five years. Deal with it. Anyways, <laughs> so then there's, then uh, JJ comes back. And like, I thought they went original EU canon because like Chewie's supposed to die in like George Lucas's EU. So like afterwards. And then like the ship blows up with Chewie on. And I was like, oh, this is a really emotional moment. And then all of a sudden he, Chewie's just back and he like, you know, he's in handcuffs on the base. And I'm over here like, wasn't there only one ship? And I, I swear I've seen that multiple times, that movie, like just at that scene. And I still can't see the second ship. So can mm. somebody explain to me how he survived or got off in prison? Because I yeah. can't. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, it's kind of, this is probably a, if movie sins were a thing. I probably have committed it because I, <clears throat> I've I've never I've never actually seen Star Wars before. Oh, <laughs> that has to change. Yeah, I know. I know. As a filmmaker, it does. It has to change. Hold on. How many nights do we have in Florida coming up? The fourth through the eighth, <laughs> yeah. fourth through the fifth. So that's yeah. five episodes a night. We can get or we can get through five episodes possibly one a night. Yes. Uh, yeah. Facts, yo. I mean, that's like a yeah because we're gonna be. <laughs> there are certain films as a filmmaker you have to see. I, I know, it's I know. A must. Yeah. yeah, and then there's films that you know you should just see. So one but of the, the one of the films I think you have to see is Forrest Gump. Have you seen Forrest Gump? If you say no, I will hang up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, I brought. I chase. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very I'm kind of uncultured in that aspect. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's pretty bad. But I, I plan to catch up on some things. I definitely plan to catch up. I was thinking about watching. Um, this is not a. I don't know if this is a must see, but I was thinking about watching Interstellar tonight or something like that. Um, I've heard, never seen Interstellar. I don't know if I'd say must see, but if you're a Nolan fan, then yeah, I like Nolan. But at the same time, like, if I don't see a Nolan film, it doesn't break my heart. You know? Are you saying you didn't cry during Dunkirk? I did not cry, but. <laughs> What I did do is watch Darkest Hour, pause Darkest Hour, go watch Dunkirk, and then go back to Darkest Hour because they're about the same thing. You know, that's a really smart strategy. And yeah, that actually is. That makes sense. I like it. And then there's also one on Netflix right now, also in that time period, about like Ger Nazi Germany right now. I forget what the title is. Also, ben ben Benedict, I will, oh my goodness, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch thank you. Um, in imitation game by the way if you haven't seen imitation mm -hmm. game yes fascinating i don't know nope. i've never seen that i gotta check it out 
No, but well, Schindler's list is on my list. I think me and Chase might have talked about this. I have not seen Schindler's list. I feel like that's a sin, but it's on my list to watch. It's Steven Spielberg. I know it's like the color purple. Haven't seen either. I'm sorry. Yeah. Me, me neither. Never seen. I don't watch it together, Josh. Right now, seriously. <laughs> no, if you watch Schindler's List, you've got to have a box of tissues next to you, and you need to like put your phone in the bedroom or something because that film is so. It's I I I want to talk about it, but you haven't seen it, so mm. you're just. Uh, how about you watch it before April? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. For watch sure. it before April, then I can talk with you about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there a movie scene from scenes you like from movies you haven't referenced tonight or like, no, obviously skipping over the passion of the Christ, skipping over um, Steven Spielberg films, probably. Is there a scene that speaks to you the most or at least one of your favorite scenes from a different film that we haven't talked about? Hmm. Um, Where do I start? <laughs> yeah, um, I need, I need like, is, there, is there is there scenes that inspire you? Like, is there a certain scene that pops in your head? Yeah. Um, I would have to say, I mean, one of the one of the most recent movies that I saw that really just kind of um, really kind of touched me. I have two. Um, nineteen seventeen, nineteen seventeen. That movie was absolutely insane. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's the scene um when his partner died you know what i'm saying because they were both trying to cross the enemy lines but his partner died because through like many other people i thought that the guy that died was the main character so i was very like i was very confused when they killed him off and he died in the field i was like oh so that guy's the protagonist and it kind of switched but that scene really just showed me how you can trick your audience you know what I'm saying? With with different ways that you play on the story, you can trick your audience with who they think is the main character versus who they don't think is the main character and just different ways. And just that whole shot, how they did that whole thing. They didn't do it in one shot, but how they made it look like one continuous take. Absolutely beautiful. And then he starts at the tree and he finishes at the tree. It's just and I just think it goes to just show. I mean, for me, the whole movie touched me because it was it was really I, I don't know if anyone else took it like this. I took it from a really sad perspective because, you know, my grand my grandfather, you know, he, he, he served in Vietnam twice and, you know, obviously well today, you know what I'm saying and everything. But um, I just feel like 1917 really showed, you know, much like movies like, you know, you know, Saving Private Ryan, the life of a soldier just how much they go through in a day's work. Like think that whole movie of 1917 happened in the span of 24 hours. And you still have veterans that are on the streets. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I feel like, you know, and I'm, when I said what I'm about to say, I'm not talking about sports or even our industry, but like people in the sports industry get paid millions of dollars. And in the film, millions of dollars. I just feel like, you know, and, and I'm not the most economically educated person, but I just feel like veterans should be, you know, they should be set. You know what I'm saying? Just because they they definitely deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, I don't know how that would affect the economy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not the most economically educated, but it's like um, that movie it really made me think a lot about how we do things in the world. And uh, I think the other movie that really touched me, man, I don't know if y'all have seen The Shack. Um, yep. Oh my gosh. I literally, I, I don't, I don't, I'm the type of person y'all. 
I don't cry. Okay, I, that's just not what I, I don't cry during movies. It takes a lot for me to get there. The last time I cried in the movie other than the shack was Avengers Endgame when, you know, I'm not going to speak on that. But anyways, like, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, with the shack, just representing Jesus and God as literal people, relatable. It was so powerful, man. It was such a powerful way that they did that. And it just got me really thinking about, you know, just how God's love is real. And now he's not some distant, judgmental, fiery being in the sky, but he's a, he's our father. You know what I'm saying? And he cares. And that movie really just hit that home. It, and The Shack, it, honestly, it wasn't the greatest movie from a storytelling perspective. They could have definitely done better with the flow of the story. It felt more like a big, giant scene study. They didn't structure it the right way. I don't like the way they did, but the, the way, the message was beautiful, man. So those are my two, the 1917 and the Shack, for sure. It's my turn. Um, first off, I have to say, uh, I do not like the Shack. I am, when I watched that film, that film did not sit with me right for some odd reason. Um, my dad I, did the same thing for some reason. But I'm glad that it is yours. Um, I just figured I'd uh, put some interest in this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no I, I think not. <laughs> no, the shack never sit well with me. But I would say that um, my favorite film is Gone with the Wind. And the scene where Scarlett is walking upstairs and every all the other girls are running downstairs getting ready for the party. That is my all-time favorite shot ever. Like out of any film, that shot is the one that is just my favorite. And when she's... Uh, and in the same film, when... She's about to go out and Mammy tells her to eat and she turns her head slowly. I, I'm sure you guys have seen that scene, but when she turns her head and gives the glare, absolutely love that shot. Um, but no, there's a lot of, I could name millions of movies that have like a certain shot that I just love. Um, it's, I was actually, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I actually went up to John Wayne's home and his museum up in Iowa. Nice. And because uh, John Wayne is a hero of mine. Um, absolutely love that guy. And, and they had like a gift shop and they had like props and like his outfit from Two Grid and all that. And they had a little theater and they're like, all right, just go in. It's like a 15 minute, like little video you can watch about John Wayne. Went in and it was his daughter talking. And then it was just a bunch of scenes of John Wayne movies. And I, uh, at the end of it, I was in tears. <laughs> I hate to admit that, but I was in tears. And Kat, my girlfriend, looked at me like, oh, my gosh, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. But I realized <laughs> that it was just like my childhood. And um, just watching my childhood, because my dad always had John Wayne on the TV. So when I was watching that, I just, there was just such a big, overwhelming flood of influence to make a western which is one of my all-time dreams you know in my life is to make a western and just to see all those scenes with john wayne and you know john wayne was kind of like my uncle my great uncle john back then um how he was a big manly man but good guy he'd knock you out if you did him wrong but he'd shake your hand and you know he was just that good person and um so I think it's just moments like that that I would have to find for like an influence or um, 
something small like that, but fun. It's just, you know, kind of looking back at my childhood and watching movies that kind of remind me of that. Um, and just watching movies in general that remind me of people that have helped me. Like I watched Lincoln Spielberg movie. I know it's Spielberg movie, but Lincoln, um, I was watching that uh, last time I watched it. And when it was done, I was in tears <laughs> and cat again was like why are you crying and it reminded me of my grandpa like he used to tell stories if you watch that movie my grandpa told stories exactly how lincoln tells stories where he would act he would kind of act it out for you he would uh laugh laugh to himself about it and it was just such a it's not so much of what the story was about it's just how he told it and i think sometimes that's really important when it comes to film um when you see a lot of films like Michael Bay. It's not really what the story's about. We don't care. We just want to see how he tells it in a way, which is why I'm not a huge fan of Michael Bay. But at times you do, if you want to see action, that's kind of the guy you go to. That's kind of what he makes films for. He makes it for not the storyline or uh, a meaningful message. All he wants to show you is women, advertisements and explosions and Lincoln Park every now and then. But that's pretty much what Michael Bay is. And we all can agree, like, yep, that's pretty much what he is. So the Michael Bay package. Yeah, yeah it's pretty package. you know, he has a new movie called Ant Ambulance that's coming out that um when I saw the trailer, because I didn't know if it was his film, the minute I saw the trailer, I leaned over to Kat and I said, That is a Michael Bay film. <laughs> I could tell you right now that that's Michael Bay. And she's like, How do you know? And then it said it. And I was like, Yep. <laughs> Good to guess that one, but good um, marketing, good branding. Oh yeah, like just explosions and just the way the camera moves. Like if you watch a Michael Bay film, here's a little lesson on Michael Bay. We call it Bayhem. Um, um, I'm gonna use that. If you watch a Michael Bay film, the camera never stops, even when it's a scene that doesn't need a moving shot. It's always moving, constantly. Like there's never a still shot in a Michael Bay film. And I don't think people notice that. Well, probably some people do, but every time I watch a film, it's just, you're, you're moving constantly. The camera's moving in a weird ang- way that it doesn't need to. As and- a filmmaker, it's, it's annoying because it's like, <laughs> why are you doing that? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what is the purpose? I remember I was watching Transformers with a few friends. Some of them were filmmakers, some of them weren't, but I'm just looking at it. And I don't, I don't hear a thing the characters are saying because I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why is the camera moving like that? Like, there's no purpose at Full Sail. And this is not a Full Sail thing, man. It's just filmmaking. We have rules and you break the rules if there's a reason to break them. You know what I'm saying? If there's a conversation between, I don't know, an intense conversation and you break the 180. Okay, why did you break the 180? What's the purpose of breaking 180? Make the audience feel uncomfortable. Why do you want to make the audience feel uncomfortable? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of the shot? Why is the shot moving? Why is it static? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the feeling that you want to give off versus, I mean, that's a cool shot. Let's just throw it in there. Let's throw a 360 in there. Let's throw a Dutch angle. And it's just like Michael Bay films to me, I don't like them. They have really cool shots that have zero purpose to them at all. And it just confuses me because I'm thinking as a filmmaker, okay, so why is he doing that? Like, what's the purpose? Is this shot supposed, this shot is supposed to be telling me something, 
but it's not telling me the right information. You know what I'm saying? It just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, he was asked about it and he just said, cause it's cool. Like that's his, that's his reason. <laughs> it's a cool thing to do. Yeah. I was like, you know what? No, go, go you, I guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this real quick, man. I saw this one. I, it was this Instagram post and it was so funny, bro. It was two pictures. And uh, in the pictures, it was the, the caption was what fans think about filmmakers choices versus the actual filmmakers reason for that choice. And the fans reasons he was the, like the fan was talking about why a filmmaker used the color blue in this shot. And they're like, no, they use blue to resemble the coldness of the character and how the character is diving into this deep depression and all of these sophisticated answers for why the filmmaker used the color blue. And the actual answer, the filmmaker's answer is, a blue is just my favorite color. I just like the way it looks. And it's just like, oh, there was no purpose to it at all. He just threw it in there just to throw it in there. But that's Michael Bay in a nutshell. You know, I just don't like his stuff, honestly. If you wanted a Michael Bay lesson, you would. <laughs> I'm like, I feel personally attacked. No, um, I did say, I don't really... I want to say now the 180 rule is a little bit different, obviously, but there's rules in filmmaking. Maybe this is something a good discussion to have. Um, is there any set rules that you guys follow? Because personally, to me, I am when it comes to moving the camera, I am more of a Hunger Games type filmmaker, especially the first one, where you get a lot more of the the camera's always either on my shoulder or it's always like I'm holding it out here on like not really a gimbal but like a thing, but it's always moving in that sense. There's always some sort of movement to it. I don't like the tripod shots as much. Um, that's just more my style. I'm more guerrilla warfare, get on the ground, shoot it. More so, mm-hmm. Chase kind of knows I don't really plan too many things. Um, but that, that's kind of my style. I don't know if it shows in my work. I don't know. I haven't really heard too many critiques about that. But I, I'm sure, you know, there's other ways where I think it could be better if I would do certain shots and different styles. Um, but most of it is just like, hey, what are the actors feeling that day? And what does the environment look like? Sometimes you show up on set. And, and I always say this. I will write a shot list before I get on set for a certain scene. And like, I'll, I'll write the night before I'm going to shoot it. And then by the time I wake up and I'm like, I'm dreaming on it, I'm thinking on it. I'll kind of rip it up before I go on set. Because once you're on set, the environment completely changes for me. Like, you know, it's like you, you, you could see like one little leaf in a tree. That's like a different shade of orange. And it's just like, Oh, you know, I want that in the background. So it's like, let's, let's switch all the actors a little bit. You know, there could be just something cool that you find. You know, the sun could be now I do a lot of natural lighting. So the sun could be like at a certain angle. It's like, OK, this is cool. Let's let's give it more of a uh, um, a shine over the shoulder or like let's cast a little bit more shadow. You know, so I don't really play along the same lines as, as storyboarding and a shot list as much as I should. Um, I don't know if I'm offending any of you, but I want your takes on what what, what certain styles do you guys shoot with. And is there. Is it better to be scripted? Are you somebody that sticks straight to the shot lists, like Chase, who sent like 25 um, pages of shot lists? Or are you somebody like me who doesn't? So um, I know for me, um, for the most part, I, I, stick, I stick to the list. Because for me, it's, for me I, I am the type of person, some people can run and gun it, you know what I'm saying, and be fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like um, I've, I've seen, I've seen your work and it's, it's really good work. You know what I'm saying? But it's like your style, just like you were saying is, you know, you, you, you run and gun it, you know what I'm saying? In a way, not completely, you don't show up to set it all. I have no, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, you can part, tell me the truth after the podcast. It's okay. No, no, no. I'm being honest, you know, hundred percent honesty, but I'm saying like, um, 
Like uh, for me, my brain cannot do it. I just, I, I can't find, you know what I'm saying? It's just for some reason, for me, everything has to be planned months, you know, or at least a month in advance. You know what I'm saying? Like this most recent, I'll just talk about 2020. So for 2020, you know what I'm saying? That was a whole month and a half of pre-pro, you know what I'm saying? Getting the location. We did a whole day um, before the shoot. The day before the shoot, we went into a separate location and literally just set up like we were going to shoot, you know, and full cell calls it a shoot lab or pre-light where we go in and we shoot the shots as if we're shooting the real thing. Like, Hey, what shots work? Is there anything we need to change? I, for the most part, I stick to the shot list because I, I, I feel like I put so much work into the shot list and so much visualization. It's to the point where it's nearly perfect for the vision I'm trying to go for. You know what I'm saying? And um, so for the most part, I, I, I stick to, and there's some instances, you know, I was just the re most recent shoot that I, we just finished wrapping. We cut a few shots because we realized, oh, well, we don't really need this. We already got this coverage or, uh, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, we'll cut, but I'll rarely, I'll rarely just add something. You know what I'm saying? Unless we have time for it. And in terms of my style, it depends on the story. So um, this, uh, this most recent short film is another 2020 type piece. You know what I'm saying? And, and depending on what it is, this is a very emotional story. You know what I'm saying? The forgiveness, the mending of a relationship between father and son. You know what I'm saying? Chances. And it's very emotional. So for the most part, there are a lot of static shots. You know, there are some dollies. One thing about me, I love my dollies, man. I, I freaking love my dolly shots. I was just on a set with my friend Kyle Burns, man. I love that guy. But uh, apparently I didn't hear this discussion between my set where they were talking about time constraints. You know, what I'm we were shooting and my my DP and then the gaffer, they're like, yeah, if we're going to be cutting shots, we, we may want to talk to Josh about cutting the dolly. And then Kyle comes back to me and he's telling me they didn't do anything without my permission. They were just talking and they were talking and Kyle was like, after the shoot was wrapped, he comes up and he's like, yeah, I knew you weren't going to cut that dolly. You know what I'm saying? You just love your dollies too much, but I love my dolly shots. You know what I'm saying? I love, I like the static shots. I like dynamic, you know what I'm saying? Shots that really show the emotion in the actor's face. Cause I'm a, I'm a big, as an actor, I love seeing the best actor performances and using the best takes and getting those shots that really showcase it. But that's, that's kind of my style. I stick to it, you know, keeping things simple. You know what I'm saying? Simple, but sweet. You know what I'm saying? Simple, but sweet. I think I would say that I like my long shots, I guess mm. would be my, my main thing. I like really long takes and I really like tripod as well. Donnie, I think it's, I think it takes away the juices of, you know, the fruit that you're trying to film. And um, so I would say that, but I think I'm more of a, I think the the part where I'm more stubborn on is revealing anything to anyone, which I have been known to be, you know, the marvel of the group, you know, where I don't tell anyone anything. And like, I don't even, I tell Christian no, and he wants to see a reel. <laughs> I remember telling him that during a soldier's blessing. And he's like, can I see it? And I was like, no. And he looked at me like, oh, I can't. I was like, okay, you can see a little bit of it. He saw a little bit of it, and then I pulled him away. Like, all right, you're done. <laughs> you're done. And, he, and uh, it inspired him, you know, to do, you know, to continue to work hard like he did to see that little bit. So I'm glad I showed him. Um, but I'm also glad I pulled him away because 
you know, the experience that he had when he watched it on the big screen was all worth it, you know, the worth the wait and everything. And so I think when it comes to my style, I really like to surprise my audience and surprise my crew. And, you know, I like to see people react to like a script. Like when I, when I'm outlining a script, I don't tell anyone anything. I re I rarely tell them the title. Like I'm not even bringing up the title to the film. I've been doing pre-production work for like three months now. <laughs> like I'm not even bringing it up. I'm not even telling you guys what it, well, you guys know what it's about, but you know, your viewers, they don't nothing about it. And I, 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 I'm a real stickler when it comes to not revealing too much, which I should be a little better at that, but I just, I really thrive on, you know, surprising the audience and having them seeing their true reaction, you know, um, but I think that I think the main thing with my films is that kind of following the shot list, but at the same time being creative when you get to your environment. Because Donnie, I can relate to you with getting on a looking at your environment and being like, oh, this is different. Like this upcoming film, I guarantee you we're gonna get on set and we're gonna be like, we should do this instead. Um I actually really hate shot lists. The, as many pages as I've sent you with the shot list, I actually hate shot lists. I'd rather do a line script because for me and my mind that doesn't work sometimes, if I am doing a line script, it helps me see it better than if I just see a bunch of, you know, Excel documents and, oh, I have to do this shot. But if I see it on a line script, it just helps so much. So like on my set, I love having the line script. In fact, I think I have the line script with me you know just to help me keep it more organized because you cover the whole script and it's really easy to kind of see like oh this scene isn't as hard to film as it does when you're looking at shot lists like we have one scene that it's going to take us not even two hours but if you look at the shot list it's like oh my gosh this is days mm -hmm. because a lot of the shots are the same so you just have to set two cameras up and you know, hit record and you're done with half the shot, like the whole scene you're done with really. Yeah. Maybe you have a couple shots, but um, so I'm kind of on the both sides when it comes to the shot list and, you know, following the rules, but also kind of guerrilla shooting as they call it, mm. um, which was one of my first films. I had a really guerrilla shoot it and I don't even think I really had a shot list. I just kind of, gave Chris the camera and said, here, have fun. And we really didn't have too much of a plan. We kind of came up as it went and it worked out at the end, but I, I, I like to have some type of plan, but to be able to alter it, if I have to, to benefit the film. Chase, you're going to have to take my phone away from me when I'm on set, just so you know, because I'm the type of person that, you know, you know we've had this conversation. I'm the you're the type of person that will not show anybody anything. And I'm I would spoil my own film. I share too many screen grabs <laughs> for my films. Uh, I am the Mark Ruffalo of Chase's universe. Um, when it comes to the spoiling, uh, <laughs> the Tom I Holland. just got that. That the just Tom, hit me. <laughs> and Tom Holland. I could have said Tom Holland, but either one, the compilation videos of those guys spoiling Marvel films before it happens is oh, it's great, isn't it? it no, is. I definitely want people to take pictures of us on set. I just don't want you just to take not pictures. The action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to like have the same the picture as the camera. You don't want me live streaming? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I definitely want pictures. I mean, there's going to be a, I mean, we're going to have people taking pictures and I definitely want people to share it because again, it's like that marketing thing where I want people to like on Instagram, go nuts with it. And that's what I've told um, the crew. I've tried to tell the crew is really go nuts with it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, Hey, you know, I'm definitely not going to be spoiling any, anything, but I'm definitely going to be taking pictures, man. Cause I just realized, bro, I was looking at the calendar, bro. The second day we shoot um, for uh for that you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> the second the second day we shoot it's gonna be my birthday bro that's my birthday week man so i'm really excited it's gonna be my first time being on set on my birthday bro that's pretty tough i'm gonna bring you middlesworth barbecue chips <laughs> you probably have yeah. never heard of those those are pennsylvania specialty are you a big barbecue chip fan not really but i'll try it all right yes i am it's not my birthday but i am <laughs> <laughs> well, Chase, you're already getting a mug. Josh, do you want a mug too? I'll get a mug. Sure. I a mug. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to anything for sure. I want a mug. I want a t-shirt. I want one of those frisbees. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put your logo on everything. I'll have it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I had something else to ask. Yeah, what it was, but I do want to apologize to Josh though, because our last conversation we had, Josh, I got it wrong. And on my podcast earlier with Hummel, I also got a lot of things wrong. I think I predicted zero things in that Spider-Man film. Oh. I, I said I really bet that Miles Morales would show up. We were talking about Miles Morales possibly. Oh showing up yeah, and it yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's not too early to spoil. It didn't happen, guys. I'm sorry if you're hearing this yeah. for the first time. I mean, are we at the point we can talk? I mean, it's February. I don't know why. I mean, No Way Home. Is that what we're talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't spoil. I mean, it's kind of in spoiled for me, but don't spoil yeah, it at the same time. I haven't seen it yet. Chase, no. you, you haven't seen Star Wars. Don't talk. <laughs> I know. I, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. Hey, I chose West Side Story over Spider-Man. I'm saying I had it. I chose that. Well, Chase, if you want to go watch my podcast review or not review, but like the pre thing before I watch it, I got zero things correct. So watch it and find out what's not going to be in the film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do plan on watching it. I really want to see it. I hear it's amazing, but yeah, I haven't seen it yet. But it, it's kind of been spoiled for me anyway. But unfortunately, because in, you know Instagram and YouTube, everyone spoils everything nowadays. On like, you can't you can't hide from it, dude. I was, I was so upset with the algorithm. Okay, so my buddy, talk about being in the wrong place at the right time, or like something that's like ironic in situations. So my buddy. All the time he watches like star wars theory all the time so like in his youtube algorithm he gets all these star wars things one way he had the book of boba boba fett spoiled for him like in the latest episode or whatever because it was the first thing that popped up on his youtube and like the thumbnail or whatever and i haven't watched anything yet because i've been like okay but i don't typically watch a lot of star wars stuff on youtube so every time i scroll through youtube that's not a problem okay and he called me. He's yeah. like, don't go on YouTube. It spoiled it for me. I'm not doing this. I was like, okay, well, it hasn't hit me. So whatever. I literally hang up the phone and go on TikTok. And it's like, and why is this character showing up? I'm like, no! Right, right. Bro, I can't tell you how many times I will be talking on the phone with someone about something. And it shows up in my social media feed, bro. That's actually a thing, man. That's actually scary. a thing. It is scary. Yeah. Although I did have a worse situation, which I didn't even know this was a thing. So I was sick about, well, I, it's not that I was sick. I wasn't feeling good about like three, four weeks ago. So um, 
I decided to start drinking like hot tea and I was putting honey in the hot tea. Okay. And I was using Vicks at the same time. And like, I had to order more Vicks. So I went online and ordered Vicks and just, again, how does it know that I'm drinking hot tea? It doesn't. But the next day I can add for Vicks, honey, cough medicine. I'm like, did they just make that overnight? Because I was using honey in the tea. And then I'm like, what? They listen. They <laughs> no, listen. But, but they created they a whole product. <laughs> it's not that they were marketing to me. They created a whole product, it feels like, from me. I was like, well, this is new. Yeah. Very, isn't that eerie? Like, like Kat and I would be talking about, like, going to Montana, and then we'll get ads for going to Montana. I'm like, I'm from there. Why am I getting these ads? Like, I've never been there before. So they listen. It's it's very, un- I, you got to be careful what you say nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. The so. FBI has been noticed. They've been noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining me. Um, this has been a pleasure. This has been a blast. Um, let's go through real quick. Where can they find you guys at? So um, for me, uh, you can find me um, basically my Instagram uh, at Joshua Wright, 8477, J-O-S-H-U-A-W-R-I-G-H-T, 8477, which is my personal Instagram, or you can find my business production Instagram, which is at G Guided Productions. Um, And then the same thing for my YouTube, G Guided Productions on YouTube, but uh, that's, that's pretty much everything, pretty much everything. The same uh, at Instagram at Chase Morgan Hewlett. Uh, Hewlett's H-U-L-E-T-T. Um, and my YouTube, which I don't really have it built up enough because I'm still trying to get my film into, you know, film festival. So they don't really want you to stream it on YouTube, unfortunately. Um, find there or you can find it on my website. Uh, same thing, ChaseMorganHewlett.com. Um, and you can see some of the stuff there. And um, yeah, pretty much where... Joshua, Joshua Wright, Chase Hewlett, thank you guys both for joining me on the Shield of Hope podcast. Hope speaks.